Welcome to Ladywood. This is a podcast uh, re-watching of Deadwood from episode one uh, from two huge fans of the show and one newbie that's me, Sita. I am a comedy writer and stand-up comedian in Los Angeles. And I'm Brandi Sperry, a writer in LA as well and co-host of the Down Gabby podcast. And I'm Lynn Sternberger, a television writer also in Los Angeles. We're all in Los Angeles. We're sitting in LA right now. Today we'll be discussing the seventh episode, Bullock Returns to Cambridge by Jody Worth and directed by Michael uh, Inger. I think that's how you say his name. Inger? Ingler? Ingler? So it first aired May 2nd of 2004 after tracking down McCall. Bullock returns to Deadwood, a changed man and a <clears throat> marked one, while Utter pays final respect to a fallen friend. Trixie feels uneasy about her charge, which prompts a violent response from Swearden. Cy Tolliver is shocked and displeased to see Andy Kramer return to his saloon alive. Miles and Flora, two young siblings, arrive at Deadwood looking for their missing father and for work. Kristen Bell! Yeah, Kristen. <laughs> Veronica Mars is on Deadwood! Let's talk about Miles and Flora. Does she look weirdly pale and ghost-like to anyone she, else when she rolls in? She has, like, very little makeup on. I, I think, think that's part of it. to be clean. <laughs> oh, is that what that is? <laughs> yeah, it's clean. There's okay. no sheen of grime upon this yeah. virginal flora. Which Dan has apparently never seen before because he's immediately, like, intoxicated. He yeah. is enthralled. Oh, my God. That virgin befell him. <laughs> Uh, before we get way, way into it, can we just talk about the title for a second? Are they giving up? <laughs> Bullock returns, Bullock to, returns the camp. to the camp. Yeah. It's like it was a like a card on the board in the yeah. that <laughs> accidentally got made <laughs> the title of the episode. It yeah. lacks poetry, <laughs> is all I'm saying. And there's some great lines in this episode, too. Yeah. I wrote down a few of the lines. They could have done better. That's okay. It's a good episode anyway. Okay. And he does return. I mean, it's not like it's <laughs> ironic. Like, he doesn't really return. Were people worried that, that Seth Bullock was being written off the show? He's going to go hunt down Jack McCall on a, on a plane we never see? I don't, I don't understand. Start but, a new life in Cheyenne, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, okay, so back on the whole Dan and Flora business. I like to call this episode, since it needs a new title, Everybody's Crushing. <laughs> That's my yeah. proposed uh, alternate title for this episode. Dan is crushing on Flora. Saul is crushing on Trixie. The widow Garrett is crushing on Bullock. I told oh my you god! To <laughs> Trixie says it very well too. <laughs> if you want to fuck him, fuck him, and then get back to New York. <laughs> so romance is in the air, and then Dan's a lighter episode. <laughs> Despite the plague. Dan's crushing on Flora, and then he's crushing a man's throat because (laughs) he looked at Flora. Typical Deadwood. Typical. Typical Deadwood. Uh, So let's talk about the two new characters, though. Like, they are new introductions into Deadwood. Flora and and her brother Miles have come uh, under the auspices of looking for her father, and she has this, like, ratty old photograph that she's showing everyone. And her arrival causes all this, like, male like basically feather 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 ruffling in deadwood al's interested uh, in some way in her mm-hmm. as well as a potential new talent and when <laughs> the nicest way i've ever heard uh, a new talent yes it's fresh like an pussy. agency fresh pussy. <laughs> the gem agency oh my god um al's kind of mm-hmm. leaning on dan to try to lure her in a little bit and i wonder how Dan feels about it, right? 
it's amazing the way that she is just automatically viewed, yeah, as potential new talent, as mm-hmm. fresh meat. I mean, this is the instant thought on Sai's mind, on mm-hmm. e- even on Joni's mind. Yep. Um, as soon as they see her, and I'm just like, how rare is it for a lady to roll into town? Or I a guess. single lady. Yeah. yeah. Rare. I think maybe a lady who looks like her. <laughs> <laughs> All her teeth are there. <laughs> She's clean. Her curls are set. Her curls are set. Yeah. yeah. I, I think there's something to that. It's like women are automatically, if they're not married mm-hmm. uh, or rich, they're automatically slotted into this, oh, available for male use, mm-hmm. uh, for pay situation. I don't think my my impression wasn't that Al was relying on Dan to do anything. Mm-hmm. Dan is is ham handed. He's he's a good thug, but he's not really a good negotiator. Yeah. He, he's not gonna win Flora yeah. over to Al's to be strategy a is to go through the brother. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So he hires the brother to sweep around the gem. And then he makes fun of the woman with the oh, with the disability. Know. He was like, "We have a real special way of sweeping at the gym." And then looks at the woman. I was like, "That's so mean." It is mean, but it's also like that weird, vague affection that he yeah. has for her as well. Because he know. keeps her on, right? Yeah. He gives her a way to live. But then it's also obvious that he does not need this boy, mm-hmm. other than to get friendly with him and hopefully lure the sister into the clutches. I did appreciate that he told the boy to copy her technique. <laughs> <laughs> and not to, like, do a better job, per se. Just, yeah. Works for us. Keep on doing what Jewel does. <laughs> Poor Jewel. I can't wait till we see more of her. But. She, she does get a really standout episode. While Al kind of tries to work through the brother to get access to Flora, uh, Cy Tolliver and Joni have much more... Uh, Luck? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Much more success. Ty Tolliver and Joni have more success at uh, yeah. winning her over to being an employee because Joni. We, we haven't necessarily done our mostly feminist moments in the last couple episodes, but I want to ask, like, is the moment where Flora and Joni are talking about the ways that they have to fake it in order to make money, in order to maybe someday have a different kind of life for themselves, do we count that as, like, a feminist moment or... Is it just... It's complicated. It's right? Like, mm-hmm. It's like a uh, Rubik's Cube of feminism. Or like a... What's the word I'm looking at? I got my English is terrible. It's like a Schrodinger's feminism. Because, <laughs> like, Joni's doing it because Sai wants her. And then her... But her advice is very practical with the lack of family or connections or mm-hmm. or skills that would set her apart in, in the West. Like, the... Being a hooker is probably the best way to earn money and to keep a roof over your head, right? Mm-hmm. So it's at once practical, but also serving size interests. Right. So. I think there's there's a level of honesty there that, to me, is at least, it's. I think it's a very good scene, but I... I think it's feminist that they're giving Flora backstory like she's getting. Yeah. Which is that she's not a virgin. Mm-hmm. She keeps that from her brother because, well, I mean, it's actually more complicated than yep. it seems at first. Yep. But she's keeping it from her brother because, you know, it was her choice to do it and he would act irrationally. At least that's what we're told. Right, but how much of what she's saying is bullshit, it's right? Bullshit. It's all yeah. bullshit. But that is even more feminist <laughs> because when it's revealed that, in fact, they're scheming together to knock off the gem and the Bella Union to take advantage of these people who's who they've lied to and... yeah, They've, in fact, presented to us yet another version of a complicated woman. 
Right. Flora knows exactly how people are going to look at her when she rolls into town. So yeah. all of that, everything that we've seen, everyone else being like, ooh, fresh meat, whatever, this is all exactly trap. as she planned mm-hmm. it. It's a trap. It's a trap. It's a honeypot. She's yes. the definition of a honeypot. I, I love that line, too, because when I first heard Flora talk about her brother, I was like, ooh, that's so interesting. Is this some sort of, like... Uh, frontier sort of um, what is it regulation of female virtue via the root of the male relative Mm -hmm. and I thought that it was great that she was like well I didn't really care that much for my virtue anyway it was just it's just my brother that's the problem Mm -hmm. and I was like that that is a mark of patriarchy that it is men enforcing mm-hmm. <laughs> the virtue of women. Not women don't necessarily care about their own virtue right. in that way. I think Flora reads Joni the same way she reads Dan and, mm-hmm. and everybody. She's like a master manipulator, so she understands that she can be a little "quote unquote" honest with Joni mm-hmm. because. She still wants to play into her hand, yeah. get close to her by becoming a new, you know, available woman at the Bella Union. But Joni also appreciates her as being sort of like an intelligent being. So she, all even her lies are well designed to play into sort of like the feminism of mm-hmm. Joni. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that Joni's like trying to give her her own independence. In a way, in the way that Joni can give it to her, you know. And I I thought that that scene was also cool because Joni was like, you have to fake it with all the men out there. So if you can't fake it in here, like, how are you going to do out there? And and Flora makes this point, like, well, I'm only supposed to fake it with the men. Why am I trying with you? (laughs) I thought that was like such like a little sassy. Like, (laughs) why is she trying with Joni? Dun, dun, dun. Dun. I ship it. (laughs) (laughs) The Madam and the Grifter. (laughs) I would watch that movie so fast. The Madam and the Grifter. Um, And I think we should have known that these uh, two siblings were grifters the moment they arrived clean in Deadwood. Right. I mean, there was something a little off about them. They were a little flowers in the attic from Mm -hmm. the beginning. They definitely had something going down. Please, sir, have you seen our father? Dickensian orphan narrative that just showed up in Deadwood. <laughs> if this were done today, you would turn over that crumbling photo of their father yeah. and it would be like the Sears, you know, like insert for the family photo <laughs> frame. So we'll obviously see more of their plot on the next episode, but also on this episode, as evidenced by the title, Seth arrives back in town. <laughs> He's back. <laughs> Looking real ragged. I mean, still with the white teeth, yeah. but messy hair. That bloody shirt's not gotten any better. He seems to have lost mm. his hat. <laughs> Where's the hat? I didn't even notice that. Seth is back. Seth and Charlie have dropped off Jack McCall, whom they discover in, I think it's in the teaser of this episode, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's right yeah, up top. And it's such a great scene where, you know, Seth makes his little speech and then he says, well, we're Bill Hickok's friends, which to me was just like a very like, my name is Inigo Montoya kind of moment. <laughs> he's been plotting out what he's going to say when he sees this guy. <laughs> I like that everybody in their lawn johns just runs out of the room yeah. too. That was really yeah. comedic. They're like, oh, this shit's going down. They seem really serious about this. I just wanted to sleep. <laughs> right. But then he does not take the opportunity to shoot Jack in the back of the head. Instead, he knocks him out with the gun and they 
take him to the federal authorities in Yankton, uh, which Jane will not be happy about when she hears about that. Mm. Uh, But it does show that Seth doesn't want to be taking lives, right? Like, that's been his thing from the beginning, even though he keeps getting into these situations. He doesn't want to be the one executing justice. And certainly after what happened to him in the last episode with the Native American, he definitely doesn't want to be just doling out death everywhere he goes. Mm -hmm. So, question. Jack McCall was uh, found not guilty by the uh, unofficial tribunal of the town of Deadwood and released. Why does does he think Yankton is going to be a different story? And also, why Mm -hmm. doesn't he stick around to see justice done? I think this is just a little bit of a plot hole. Much like Charlie's missing wagon. Like yeah. Charlie's missing wagon. Which How he do picks you get up. All those pickaxes? Where'd they come from? Yeah, I had the same question why they had um, any kind of faith that it would go better the second time around, but maybe it is really just a question of having to have that faith because otherwise, what are they going to do? They have to kill this guy, and yeah. Seth really doesn't want to. I think if he hadn't been attacked by that guy in the <clears> woods, <throat> if he hadn't had that bloody showdown and that sort of like long. It's not a night of the soul, that long morning of the soul mm-hmm. where they were trying to figure out how to what to do with this man whom they didn't know. I think if he hadn't experienced that, he would have killed Jack McCall. Right. He says, like, if, uh, you know, he better, he better thank that man I killed, otherwise he'd be dead. See, there's some version of that. that yeah. It definitely does. brings some clarity to why that whole sequence was included in the previous episode, for sure. Yeah. It's all about Seth's journey. In on lighter topics, in addition to the whole Flora and Joni conversation about pasting on a smile for the men and virginity, etc., uh, we get another fantastic uh, scene between Alma and Trixie because Trixie has been not called home by Al, but she knows she's in deep shit, and if she doesn't reassert her allegiance to Al, she's going to have real problems with mm-hmm. him. She tells Alma this, pretty much, and Alma offers to leave town with her, Mm -hmm. to pack up with the uh, young girl they've been caring for and go somewhere else. And, man, if I were Trixie, I'd be like, yeah, get me the hell out of here. Also, did you know there's plague still in this camp? Like, let's leave. But it's it's more complicated than that. Right, and I was a little confused by that conversation, too, because I think Alma offers to send Trixie back to New York and have her relatives fix her up, right? Alma's going to stay. And Alma's going to stay. And that offer was strange to me. It's like, what does Alma have in Deadwood that would make her stay and that's when Trixie's like well if you want to fuck Seth Bullock just go ahead and do it but like get, get out of here too. We know those lingering glances yeah. and that yeah. breathlessness this scene means is, you're Randy for, for Bullock. <laughs> that scene is so well written like Alma gets this burst of what she thinks is genius. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh I'll just send you back my relatives will set you up it'll be great and Trixie pauses and then she just goes what the Fuck. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I love off, that. Goes off on a rant <laughs> and really puts Alma in her place by talking about like how no matter Alma's really being like condescending towards Trixie, yeah. even with this offer, she's not understanding what her life well, is. And that's that's a great point because pr- the previous scene is Alma disregarding Trixie's warning to act a certain way mm-hmm. on the way to the funeral, which, you know, Panopticon Al has spotted from his window right. that the widow is uh, is fine and sober, which blows up Trixie's world. I mean, 
mean, Trixie's essentially like saying, you didn't listen to uh-huh. me, so why would I listen to you? Because you didn't heed this warning that I gave you so explicitly, you, you know? You rich cunt. You rich cunt. <laughs> oh, that, like, I love that insult. That, the the okay. line is, don't you want to remind me of my place, you rich cunt? I do, and I'm about to go back to it. It was like, oh. whoa. Snap, snap, snap. Snap, 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 snap. <laughs> yeah, and it goes with the whole pattern of Alma thinking that she can somehow outsmart this world, which she really, at its core, does not understand. She's ill-equipped Yeah, to handle everything in this world. Speaking of reasons why Trixie might want to stay in Deadwood, aside from that's the only world she really knows and doesn't mm-hmm. have a place elsewhere, has no family, etc., we start to see something simmering. Well, we continue to see something simmering between her and Saul. She's just hanging out at the hardware store. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you should be just sipping a sarsaparilla with you know, the boy. <laughs> it's like hanging out at the place where the guy you have a crush on works. Yeah. <laughs> Completely. Are you going to the bronze tonight? Yeah, I'm going to be at the bronze. <laughs> Or, like, let's say, like, the local Dairy Queen. Yeah, yeah. It's a hot summer, and she's sitting there getting free scoops. <laughs> getting free scoops. <laughs> he literally says there's a 100% discount on yeah. anything. <laughs> she could have had a free cool. quote. <laughs> Way to play it real cool, Saul. Just no. give the girl pickaxes. <laughs> Just a bouquet of pickaxes <laughs> for my sweetheart. <laughs> that shit i know and she looks at him like what the fuck but the moment that really seems to like mean something to her is when he suggests that she take a look at the books Mm. which is i think sort of just a passing joke but not really like he's like get involved check it out or whatever it's almost like he made like a loose job offer to her you know it was like a very tentative thing and the the moment right after that is when eb is trying to like threaten uh trixie with the message and then saul literally puts his body in between eb and trixie Mm -hmm. in his like male moment it's interesting that as somebody who has never seen the show before, this is how you interpret that moment. More <laughs> to come. More <laughs> to come. come. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and, and I just love that Saul sees her as uh, just a person that he's intrigued by. And other people make comments, like Evie makes comments yeah. about like, oh, that's very progressive of you to just be hanging out with the whore, basically. And Saul's like, what of it? Like, he really doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Have we have we seen women uh, outside of the whorehouse in Alma that like have any type of role in the town other than Jane? Jane? Other yeah. than Jane, I don't not think really. so. So it's not like Saul's got other options. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> I did notice, and it was it's notable because anytime a person of color appears in this world, I'm like, whoa, you know. Yeah. But when they were hunting down Jack McCall, there was a black woman in the town. Oh, it was right. like. Like she was cleaning up uh, dishes or, or mm-hmm. something like that. But n- no, but oh, uh, Jewel. We, we're neglecting Jewel from that. So oh, right. Jewel, oh, yeah. Jewel is unmarried, mm-hmm. uh, I think, living in the town and has a job. So, mm-hmm. but it's a really limited scope of like what, yeah. what women's roles are available in Deadwood. I just, th- I don't think there's like a lot of women that are in town that are unattached and like able to hang okay. out you know <laughs> just, you're just taking the shine off of this romance whatever i still think it's romantic i just <laughs> think that there's a limited amount of options for saul speaking as a jewish of, man too well sure. not speaking of saul but speaking of limited options the titty corner guys <laughs> we finally got to see the titty corner and we got an explanation of why it is called the titty corner 
um, which makes so much sense now. So it's basically a motor boating alley. Yeah. 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 Well, only for one man. For a specialist. For a specialist. And Al's little fantasy that someday he'll have a joint catering only to a few specialists. Because <laughs> they never cause any trouble and they pay a premium. If Al were alive today, what would his job be? President of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> He'd probably do a better job of it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He's way smarter than Donald Trump. <laughs> oh, yeah. Way smarter. Way smarter. So he'd be more of a vice president. He'd be more of a Dick, Dick Cheney yeah, figure. He would be a Dick Cheney. <laughs> also notable, a lot of changes. A lot of, well, not changes. A lot of uh, adjustments to the the gem now that uh, Dan is trying to impress Flora. He wore a tie. Did anybody <laughs> That was so that? weird. It's like the same tie McDonald's junior employees wear. <laughs> it's like only goes down halfway to the chest. It doesn't touch the it belt. It was like a shiny white fat. I couldn't figure out where it came from. It was definitely a look, a yeah. whole look that he was pulling off there. But of course, the tie doesn't prevent him from uh, murdering that guy who uh, was looking at Flora. <laughs> funny, funny. Yep, basically. We don't even see what he did. He didn't do anything. I think. Yeah, we're with Al and Seth up in the office, mm. which we'll get to that scene. It's interrupted by this kerfuffle downstairs that turns out to be Dan murdering a dude. And then Al's just like, okay, free drinks for anyone who takes the body away. <laughs> and <laughs> life continues as normal at the gym. Uh, I think it's it's a really a reminder of how dangerous a man Dan is when we have had some lighter moments with him in the past couple episodes. Chatting with Trixie, talking about baseball, talking mm-hmm. about peaches with Johnny, and now mm-hmm. it's like, oh yeah, this man will murder you where you stand. Forgot about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For a reason only comprehensible to him. <laughs> you know? He has his own little code of conduct in his head, that's for sure. So, uh, any standout moment, any particularly uh, feminist or non-feminist things? What did people love and hate about this episode? Uh, Trixie and Alma, rich cunt. That is the whole episode for me. <laughs> I love that moment. It's so good. Yeah. Um, standout moments. I mean, I just mentioned Al and Seth in Al's office. Seth is just, he's fucking fed up with like the sort of standstill of things regarding the claim. And he's now on a mission to wrap this up for Bill and basically tells Al. I'm going to get some, either you're going to recommend somebody to assay the claim and I'm going to hold you responsible, or I'm going to get my own person and I'm going to hold you responsible because Mm -hmm. I know you're behind this no matter how much you act like you're not. And right now I just, I want a fair shake for the widow. Mm -hmm. And if she doesn't get it, you're going to pay. And Al threatens his life. Yeah. You better find somebody to watch your story because you're going to have to be watching your back your yep. 24-7. I think this is just a great written scene, great acted scene, and I love that, like, finally this has been kind of simmering between the two of them. That actually escalates to, like, real stakes mm-hmm. because they were just kind of, like, dick-wagging at each other over the, like, <laughs> sure. you know, over the the spot for the hardware store and this and that, and I don't like your friends, and I don't <laughs> like your face. Yeah. And now... <laughs> And now this is real shit. So yeah. I'm like, good, let's get to the good stuff. Yeah. yeah. The line's finally been drawn between yeah. the two of them. Because mm-hmm. otherwise time. it's been Al just sort of like behind the scenes and manipulating the situation so right. that Seth gets screwed in some way. Yeah. yeah. I think that fight between Bullock and uh, the the Indian he comes across just like unhinged him entirely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like he no longer fears Al 
as sort of like I have to make good with this guy, I have to stay within his his rules and his laws, and mm-hmm. he's just like fucking bring it. I have as much power as you do in this situation. You know, I can get you in trouble. You can make trouble for me, or we can come to terms, solve this, and let it go mm-hmm. and coexist. You know, right? But me letting you have what you want is not going to fucking more. happen. Not flying anymore. Uh-huh. I also see this since you love the cunt moment so yeah. much. I thought I would mention that when uh, Bullock confronts Jack McCall, mm-hmm. he actually uses some of the language that Hickok had. Like mm-hmm. he didn't call him it, like a cunt mouth or whatever, yeah. but like he definitely calls him a cunt. And I was like, <laughs> it's like Bill is living through him. <laughs> Another moment that is one of these how on earth do we categorize the things is when um, Trixie goes to Al and Al is he physically assaults her as she confesses lying about the dope mm-hmm. and everything else. And it's amazing to see Trixie continue to stand up for herself and like know her own power and know Al's limitations of what mm-hmm. he'll do to her in that moment. But you also have to watch this while she's being physically assaulted through the whole scene. Yeah. And, you know, if the last episode Al was his nice soft self, in this one he's just yeah. He's just an asshole to everyone. And that I don't know, that scene is it plays so strangely to me. <laughs> of course, it's troubling that not it's more than troubling that she's being assaulted. Because even though her job has been sex, it doesn't mean that she should get beat. We've we've seen this from episode one with Trixie that she really has a strong sense of like her self worth, and so she put a bullet into the head of that guy who was beating on her mm-hmm. from the pilot from the jump. So we know that she deserves so much better as any woman does, period, than being assaulted by their employer. Mm -hmm. However, in the time and place that it's happening, this wasn't the mindset. And yet she still has such a backbone about it. Mm -hmm. She's a very admirable character. Far more so than than Alma at this point, at least. Well, yeah, why is Alma still there? I'm so... (laughs) I I guess she's waiting for the claim, but, I mean, Bullock has taken responsibility for assaying the claim so she can rely on Bullock for details but she's still there I just I'm a little confused by why she's still there clearly out of her element perhaps this is the first tiny taste of excitement that Alma's ever had in her life Mm -hmm. what would she be doing if she did go back to New York just going around in her morning dress to various people's salons for six months until she can you know, level up to wearing purple instead and then eventually marry some other fucking dude. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's it. Maybe she's just dumb. (laughs) I mean, the level of agency that would require her to stay in in Deadwood, I I haven't seen because she has been on dope for most of the the episodes. So maybe this, this new like clarity is like who Alma actually wants to be. I think she's also feeling a little giddy with her sobriety. Mm. Um, she says some things that, that she normally wouldn't. I think she's being like kind of loose lipped about mm-hmm. her feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and even points out like she wouldn't have said that to Trixie before. She wouldn't mm. have said that to Bullock. Can you believe I said that? He he hoo hoo um, mm. to the boy I have a crush on. <laughs> but uh, he's married Alma. <laughs> but no, it's a, it's a really fair question. Like is the taste of excitement enough to like, I don't know, risk her health and life and 
She has no protection in town. I mean, with Bullock, I guess she has protection, but he just came back into town. I mean, and EB's always like, I don't know. I find EB to be such a, a threat because he's so. Like, he just comes into her room. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's right. like, like, he just comes into her room at her most vulnerable moments. You could just wake up in the middle of the night and have EB over you. Yes! That's terrifying! <laughs> Gross. But uh, in any case, she does decide to stay. She buries her husband, mm-hmm. who everybody thought they'd go back to wherever they were from, New York, mm-hmm. I think, and bury him there. He's been chilling in the, literally chilling in the, in the creek. stream. Yeah. Um... But no, he gets yet another, there's another Deadwood funeral. Mm-hmm. And um, man, tough to be the reverend. Always <laughs> always at the funeral. Reverends keep him busy. And nobody sure. can hold a note. No. I gotta be honest. Those, no one can say. Those are terrible. <laughs> I did want to point out that this is the second time there's a funeral in Deadwood. And then somebody accidentally walks in on the funeral. Yeah. <laughs> so Seth and Charlie just kind of roll by in the yeah, background no. with the pickaxes. And they're like, oh, a funeral. A funeral. <laughs> another one but then we do get a nicer scene later in that graveyard when um charlie goes to bill's grave for the first time finds jane there she's Mm -hmm. been going there every night to tell bill the news of the camp i mean this is such a little like cute but incredibly sad scene it gives it gives me hope that scene that uh jane and charlie will still stay pals even though they seem to really hate and resent each other Mm -hmm. when they were first uh with with hiccup um but now in his absence it seems like they're clinging to each other yeah. a li- at least a little bit in that sequence it's a bond to bill it totally makes sense when and i love that moment when uh, charlie's just like should I, can i do this again tomorrow yeah. <laughs> and jay's like what the fuck do i know <laughs> do what you want, do yeah. what you want. <laughs> Oh, so, well, Andy has survived the smallpox in town thanks to Jane's care in the woods slash maybe dumb luck. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It seems like a couple of, like, wet rags isn't really the determining <laughs> factor in this. But she also kept, like, predators away from him, I, I think, right? Sure. Right? Yeah. She yeah. kept him from dying of thirst. Yeah. 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 Hydration is important. Mm-hmm. It does mm-hmm. seem like hydration is necessary. And then the best part is that... We learn this is how she's going to get her nickname. Now, this is not something from real life, how she got her nickname. But it is delightful in the fictional world of Deadwood, where Andy says, Hereafter, in Calamity, I'll be sure to call for Jane. So it's about something nice she did. Yeah. Rather than, you know, the real Calamity Jane claimed it was because of, you know, her virtue in battle. (laughs) (laughs) Killed a lot of motherfuckers. (laughs) Right. So... This is nicer, and I really liked that moment. I love Nurse Jean, even though we have, like, issues with all the caretaking going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For her, it's really a triumph, right, to be able to do something like this and to be able to contribute in some way to the society, the burgeoning society. So, a nice little moment for her. Agreed. It's wonderful. And um, we were already calling her Calamity Jane, so we were jumping the gun a little bit. But now she officially is. Officially. Officially, officially. <laughs> she got blue check verified by Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Who also, by the way, walks back into the Bella Union all like smallpox scarred. <laughs> and he's like, what of it? You tried to dump me in the woods. <laughs> I lived, motherfuckers. <laughs> so everybody's back in town, including our um, newbies, Flora and her brother. 
uh, and we will see how this plays out. We'll, I can't wait for them to grift. We'll I just can't wait stay. for it. <laughs> <laughs> What's going to happen? Will Alma stay in Deadwood? Mm-hmm. Um, will they pull off whatever their scheme is, mm-hmm. Flora and her brother? You know, what is going to go down between Bullock and Alma? What's going to go down between Trixie and Saul? What's going to come up between them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no spoilers, please! I know the show is 15 years old, but come on! Thank you for joining us uh, in this episode of Lady Wood. And uh, join us next week when we discuss episode 8. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at LadyWoodCast. I'm on Twitter at Lynn Sternberger. I'm on Twitter at WeBrandy, O-U-I-B-R-A-N-D-I. And I'm on Twitter at SlowBear, S-L-O-B-E-A-R. Thanks for listening. Not that you're attractive, but oh my heart grew active when you came into view. I've got a crush on you, sweetie pie. All the day and night time Hear me sigh I never had the least notion That I could fall with such emotion <laughs>